If you would please turn your Bibles to the letter of the Apostle Paul to the Ephesians, or simply called the book of Ephesians, we're going to be reading from the third chapter, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. As we read it, I'll remind you a couple things. Number one, we are like the church at Ephesus. We're Ephesians in the fact that we are not Jewish. This is not a Jewish congregation. We would be called in Paul's day Gentiles. So as we read this, we realize that this letter is specifically to us Gentiles. And I also remind you that this is the Word of God. So as we read it, um, we reverence the fact that this is the Word of God. And I will remind you to keep your Bibles, keep your hand here, keep a marker here, because this is my text. We will be back to this passage. Ephesians, the third chapter, starting at verse number one. For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you, that by revelation there was made known to me the mystery as I wrote before in brief, by referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, but it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. To be specific, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise of Christ Jesus, and this is the key, through the gospel, of which I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of His power. To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery, which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things, so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers, to the authorities in heavenly places. This was in accordance to the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in Him. Therefore, I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations on your behalf, for they are for your glory. Let's pray. Now, Lord, even a cursory reading of this, this passage tells us that there's some kind of mystery that had been going on. There was something that had been hidden. There was some kind of sacred secret that, that, uh, that, that mankind longed to know but was not yet knowable until Paul. Until, God, you chose Paul to be the apostle to the Gentiles who was given a revelation of how the gospel is, is the outworking of your eternal plan. So, Lord, this, this 
was a mystery that we now can understand and and not just understand but but appreciate it and 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 incorporate into uh, our own lives our relationships our families our our congregation the church it's the mystery of the church so lord Open our eyes, our hearts, our minds. The same Holy Spirit that inspired the Apostle Paul resides in us. We pray for his illumination. Amen. My grandchildren were playing in my office before the service this morning, as they often do. And my oldest grandson uh, took a Bible off my shelf and he began to, to copy the scripture. And I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm writing your sermon which I said, thanks, I can take the week off. And then his younger brother grabbed a piece of paper and he just drew lines on it. He said, here, I can do it quicker. Here's, here's your sermon. And then their sister, Harper, she grabbed, she said, I can read it. She goes, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Critics, right, you know? Uh, anyway, <laughs> William Cooper, which is spelled C-O-W-P-E-R, so the way we pronounce it. William Cooper was an English poet and hymn writer whose most well-known hymn is There is a Fountain Filled with Blood. The last hymn he wrote is titled God Moves in a Mysterious Way. Now that line has been used many times in literature and even in everyday conversation, although I usually say the Lord moves in mysterious ways. Many people assume that it is a Bible verse, but it is not. The hymn, though written in 1773, you may recognize the first stanza. God moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Now it's possible that William Cooper had this verse in mind as he penned that verse, Romans 11:3. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how unfathomable his ways. Or perhaps he had this verse in mind, Isaiah 55. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways uh, your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The final stanza of his song goes like this. Blind unbelief is sure to err, E-R-R, and scan his work in vain. God, his, God is his own interpreter, and he will make it plain. In our passage this morning, God has made it plain. God has revealed a mystery. He has let us in on a secret it is a mystery as old as time. We call this mystery 
the church. The church. Have you ever said something that, that got you in trouble? I, I mean, you said something that as soon as you said it, you wish you could grab out and put it back in your mouth. I mean, as, as soon as you said it, you knew you were in hot water. When I was in college, my best friend Joe and I, we worked at a, and we worked second shift at a boat factory, Sea Ray Boats. We went to school full time, and then we went and worked a second shift job. Then we came home and slept as little as we needed to back then. Um, but, but the college I went to was a Bible college. It had very strict rules, and it had lights out in the dorm. So if you were in the dorm by 10 o'clock, you had to have lights out. If you were working and you got home, you had 20 minutes after you got home to, to be lights out. So often what we would do is we would just stay out in the parking lot talking in the car. Because we went inside, you know, we had dorm monitors that would get on us and write us up. We got demerits, believe it or not, if we didn't have lights out by, by uh, 20 minutes after we got home. Well, one night we got home from work and we're sitting out in the car talking. And it was warm. We had the windows down. And... Um, uh, as we're talking, we see this car driving erratically down the, the driveway of the, of the college. And this car pulls up beside us, and a guy rolls down his window, and he says, now we're two preacher boys, you got to understand this, right? And I could tell, I could quickly discern he'd been drinking. And he said, are you guys tough? I was 19. I said, yeah, we're tough. I do. As soon as I said, I was in trouble. They get out of the car. Joe goes, roll the windows up, roll the windows up. We roll the windows up. One comes around to my side, one comes around to Joe's side. The guy says, well, a couple guys at the bar paid us to come down here and beat up two preacher boys. So, you know, I'm trying to find my car keys, right? I, I'm looking for my car keys. I could not find my car keys. I hadn't even left the car. <laughs> I'm searching every... I could not find my car keys. So while the guy on my side is trying to jerk the door open, right, to see if I was really tough, believe me, not only were Joe and I short, back then we were skinny. <laughs> okay? So he's trying to jerk the door open, and I hear Joe talking to his guy. Joe, Joe was quicker than I was. And Joe, I hear him telling this guy, we're, we're not... Preacher boys, we work at Sea Ray Boats. Here's our, here's our IDs, right? So he shows the guy his ID through the window, and the guy goes, oh, man, I'm sorry. So he tells this other guy on the other side, these aren't preacher boys. These guys work at Sea Ray Boats, right? And the dude on my side goes, oh, I, I, I'm so sorry, you know. So they, they were drunk. So they get back in the car, and they drive, they drive away. Um, I always thank Joe for saving my hide because... Uh, <laughs> The truth is we weren't tough. But the, but the other thing of the story is, after they left, I dropped my keys in this pocket. I never put my keys in this pocket. To this day, 40 years later, I don't put my keys in this pocket. But that night, I'd put my keys in that pocket, and I could not find them to, to save my life. Well, Paul said one word that always got him into trouble. That word was Gentiles. In Acts 22, we read this, and uh, Paul's giving his testimony, and the he there is, is the, the Lord Jesus. And he said to me, to Paul, go, 
for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. They listened to him up to that statement, to this statement. And then they raised their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. Now, if you read Acts 21 through 26, 27, it, it gives the story of, of, of Paul's imprisonment and what, how that transpired. But what kicked it all off was that statement. To the religious leaders, to the Jewish crowd, to the powers that be, Paul simply said uh, uh, that God sent me to the Gentiles. And as soon as they heard that word Gentile, as soon as they heard that word Gentile, they wanted him dead. And it's a very exciting passage. You, you should go read the last uh, part of uh, the book of Acts. It's very exciting. It could make a good uh, movie, I think. But because of that word, Gentile, he was sitting in a Roman jail as he wrote the book of Ephesians, as he wrote these words. Look at verse 1. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. He was a prisoner because of us, because of the Gentiles. Chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord. Okay. Look at chapter 6, verse 20. For which I am an ambassador in chains. So Paul was literally in chains. He was in prison. He was in a Roman jail because he kept saying that he was going to the Gentiles. Now, humanly speaking, he was Emperor Nero's prisoner. Again, you need to read the, the end of Acts. It's very, very exciting how he used the legal system uh, and eventually appealed his case uh, to, to Nero. But he was, technically speaking, when he says, I, Paul, the prisoner, he was Nero's prisoner. But Paul trusted God's sovereignty. He believed he was there because God put him there. Even in his present situation as a prisoner in Rome, he didn't view that as a, as a setback. He didn't view that as a, as a catastrophe. He believed it was related to God's divine purpose. Verse 11. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 13. Therefore I speak not, uh, therefore I ask that you not lose heart at my tribulations, in other words, my imprisonment, on your behalf, for they are, uh, for they are your glory. He saw glory. He, he believed that his suffering could could bring glory to God. He believed that his suffering was for a purpose. But in this passage, he, he, he repeats quite a few times this mystery. Um, look at verse 3. That by revelation there was made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before in brief. Well, before we look at, at what he means here, let's talk about what is a, a mystery. What is a mystery in the Bible? A mystery, a, a, a mystery in the Bible is uh, a sacred 
secret. An example would be the Messiah. The Messiah was in many respects a mystery. Who was he? Where would he come from? Where would he be born? Who is, who is this person? And it was a mystery until Jesus came and was revealed as the Christ, the Messiah. But until he was actually revealed in flesh, it, it, it was a, a, a sacred secret. It was a, a divine mystery. Who, who will this Messiah be? How, how can he be God and man? What, what is this, this mystery? So a mystery in the Bible means it was hidden from human knowledge, but now disclosed by special revelation. Okay. A mystery was something that was hidden from human knowledge, but now disclosed by special revelation. As in Christ, Christ was the special revelation. He was God in the flesh. Christ revealed God in the flesh. That was the, the, the revelation of the, the mystery of the Messiah, of the God-man, of the son of David, yet who David called the uh, 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 Lord. What? How? What, what, how is this resolved? By special revelation. Uh, God sent his son and revealed the, the wonders of the Messiah. Look at verse 5. Which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by his Holy Spirit in the, the apostles in Scripture, in the Spirit, sorry, in the prophets in the Spirit. So, again, it was previously not made known. It was hidden from human knowledge, but is disclosed by special revelation. Even the angels in the Old Testament didn't understand these mysteries. 1 Peter 1. As to this salvation, which Paul is going to let us in on here, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. So even they did not understand, verse 12. It was revealed to them that they uh, were not serving themselves, in other words, the prophets, the writers of Scripture. Okay. They were getting these secrets that they, that they would search and, and want to know the, 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 the answer to, but they could not. It was revealed to them uh, that they were not serving themselves, but you. And these things which now have been announced to you through those who preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. So there, there were these mysteries, these divine secrets that, that, the, that the writers of the Old Testament, that the Old Testament prophets were, were given just enough information to, to tell us what to look for. They wanted to know, what, how, how does this happen how is this resolved? Um, how, will we, how will we know this? But they didn't know it. And even more surprising, the angels in heaven didn't know. So it's a truth that was known only to God, but now revealed in the New Testament. The mystery is on display in the Old Testament. The revelation in the New Testament. 
a truth that was known only to God and hidden in times past, but now revealed in the New Testament. Romans 16. Now, to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel in the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which had been kept secret for long ages past, but now is manifested, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the eternal God, who has made known to all the nations, leading to obedience of faith. So, again, this, is, this was not known until God chose to reveal it, and he revealed it in the New Testament. We can't clearly understand the Old Testament until we look at it in light of the New Testament, and vice versa. So, that's what a mystery is. But what is the mystery of the Bible? That is what Paul is dealing with. What is the mystery of the Bible? Well, look at verse 6. To be specific, here it is, that the Gentiles, that's us, are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus. Now, again, he's referring, and, and we saw this in chapter 2, all right? Um, he, he's referring to the benefits that the, the Jews had of, of being God's chosen people, of having the scriptures, of having the oracles of God, of having the prophets, okay? Um, the, 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 the mystery that's being revealed here, to be specific, is that now... Gentiles can share in those things. Again, I refer you to, to last week, uh, the sermon last week, but how? And here's where it comes down to. Verse, look at the last part of verse 6. How is this? How? Through the gospel. Through the gospel. The gospel has revealed how Gentiles can be uh, a part of God's covenant, how Gentiles can be part of God's family. God's, God's plan to save the nations was known. You read the Old Testament, God even told Abraham, going way back to the beginning, in you all the nations of, of the earth will be blessed. But how? That's what the, 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 the prophets were searching out. How? How is this going to be possible? And now Paul says, here's how. It's called the gospel. It's called the gospel. That was always God's plan from the beginning. That Gentiles, Gentile believers are now united to Jewish believers in one body. The church. That phrase, through the gospel, changes everything. Now follow me. It wasn't that Gentiles couldn't be included in the past but they had to become Jewish if they wanted to be included. They had to convert. Okay. Um, they, 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 they had to be proselytes. So it wasn't that until this moment Jewish people or uh, Gentiles couldn't convert to Judaism. They could. But the point was they had to become Jewish. And as you are familiar with the Jewish ritual, they had to undergo the Jewish ritual to be part of the covenant of Israel. But Paul says, no, listen, that was, 
that, yes, it was always known that the, that the nations could be part of this plan, but now I'm telling you how. And it's not by converting to Judaism. It's this new creation. It's called the church. It's the church. And through the church, we are now included in the promises. We're now included in the covenant. We're now included um, in uh, the uh, body through the church. God's plan to save the nations was known, but now we know how. Now, again, verse 6, um, it says fellow heirs, fellow members, fellow partakers. It, basically, that, that, that is, means together. Okay, we're, together, we're heirs. Together, we're members of the body. Together, we are partakers of the promise. We are heirs to uh, the riches. We have the same we are fellow heirs. We have the same legal status to God's riches that the Jewish people have. We are members of, of His body. We are in an equal relationship in, in the body. We are fellow partakers of His Spirit. We are um, equal in the blessings. Since the foundation of the world, the plan was in place but it remained a mystery until now, until the Apostle Paul revealed it. Now, I want to make this clear. And of course, liberal scholarship, this is where we would disagree completely. Uh, many uh, uh, liberal Christianity would say, well, God just, or uh, Paul invented it. <laughs> Paul made it up. But we see here that that was always the plan. Verse 5. Which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men. Other generations, that was the plan. Verse 9. To bring to, uh, to, and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery, which for ages has been hidden in God. Who, by the way, created all things. Verse 11. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. This was always the plan. This is not new. This, this wasn't invented by Paul. This isn't Paul's gospel. Romans chapter 1. I, Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart, now notice, set apart for the gospel of God, which he, God, promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. It's God's gospel. Paul was revealing it. It's, it's the gospel of the Old Testament. It's the gospel that the, the prophets wrote in. And again, the Holy Scriptures there would be a reference to the Old Testament. It's the, it's, it's the same gospel. Paul, though, has let us in on the secret. It was, it was God's gospel, but it was given to him, verse 7, of which I was made a minister or a servant of which I was made a servant, according, now notice, according to the gift of God's grace, which, has given, which was given to me according to the working of His power. In other words, I would not know this, he's saying, unless God had given it to me. I would not have known this unless God had given it to me. We call that, by, by the way, revelation. Verse 3, that by revelation, what's the word revelation means? Something is revealed. Verse 4, by referring to this, when you can read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. As, uh, we, um, we, saw, as we read before, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been hidden, verse, verse 9. 
uh, the administration of the mercy which for ages has been hidden in God. Um, verse 9, he, he, he brought it to light, Paul did, through the, the revelation that, that God gave him. Verse 10, so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known. For, a thou for thousands of years, Egyptian hieroglyphics were a mystery. No one could read them. In 1799, while constructing a fort in Egypt, a group of French soldiers uncovered a stone written in 196 B.C. It contained both hieroglyphics and Greek. It translated the hieroglyphics to, to Greek. It solved the mystery of, of the Egyptian hieroglyphics. It, it, it solved the mystery. It became known as the Rosetta Stone. Well, the church is God's Rosetta Stone. The great mystery was revealed by the gospel that God was building a church. As we saw last week, a church from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. The church is God's design. You are not a part of it by accident. You have a part in God's design. The mystery was revealed to Paul and the gospel was the truth proclaimed by Paul. The gospel was built upon this revelation of the mystery that Jesus Christ came to save sinners of whom Paul says, I am uh, uh, the worst of sinners. And he says in verse 8, the least of saints. Verse 10. So that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known. Okay, again, how, what is the secret? What is the key to what God is doing? How do, how do we see God's wisdom on display through the church? The church is God's wisdom on display. Not just to us. Okay, look at verse 10 to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. You remember that verse of Peter we read where the angels longed to look into it and didn't know it? Now they do. The church is the answer. Now they understand. This is what God was doing. This is how God's promise of a deliverer works itself out in time and space. It's the church. Through the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are in the church through the gospel. And in Christ, God's eternal purposes have all been accomplished. Verse 11. This was in accordance to the, with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's been God's plan from before the foundation of the world. That's why we must be in Christ we need, you need to be in Christ. You need to come to Christ and uh, accept what he did on your behalf on the cross, uh, that he lived a perfect life that you can never live, that he died the death that you deserve, that he rose again on the third day for your sins. To be in Christ is, 
is to be the benefit of what God had been planning from the very beginning. Through the church, verse 10. Through the church. All right, so let's conclude with this. How then are Bible mysteries revealed? How are Bible mysteries revealed? There have always been ancient religions, ancient mysteries, Gnostic, uh, Gnostic gospels, you know, uh, mystery religions. Is this what we're talking about? No. The whole point here is that God has revealed it. Okay? It's not that we still have to somehow, you know, find it on our own um, or, you know, uh, have a psychedelic drug so we can understand mysteries that, that God hasn't, you know, let us in on. No, God has let us in on it. That's the whole point here. How did he do it? How did he do it? Well, how, does, how are Bible mysteries revealed? First of all, by the Holy Spirit. Okay. By the Holy Spirit. Uh, verse 5. As it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit inspired Paul to reveal the mystery of Christ, the church First, or 2 Timothy 3.16 All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. 2 Peter 1 For no prophecy has ever, uh, was ever made by the act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. That is, that is what we call the inspiration of the Bible. This is what we believe. This is what Orthodox Christianity believes. Okay? That God has revealed His will in the Bible through the Holy Spirit, through the miracle of inspiration. Now, you can or cannot believe that. That's, again, that's totally up to you. But this is what Christians believe. This is what Orthodox Christianity teaches. Uh, we are a people of the book. We believe the Bible is God's special revelation. That He's let us in on what we need to know by the Holy Spirit, through the apostles. Through the apostles. I recently saw a news item where um, the Bible app, many of you probably have the Bible app on your phone, um, removed one of the translations from it, um, which they should have done a long time ago. And I'll just tell you the name of the translation. It's called the Passion Version. Um, it's written by a guy who claims to be an apostle who actually added to the, to the Scripture. There's more in there than there is in... In, uh, in your Bible, okay? But they removed it finally um, because, again, this is, not the, this is not the Christian position. I'm not free to add more Scripture. I can't write another book, right? I can't pick up after the book of Revelation and say, well, here's the book of Greg. Now, here's what you really need to know, okay? Um, it's through the apostles, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 20. Ephesians 2, 20. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the cornerstone. We are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. That's the Old and New Testament. They were foundational. There are no apostles today, I'm sorry. There are no, there are people who claim to be apostles. 
You see it all the time. There's a whole movement that claims to be the new apostolic movement. No, the Bible's pretty clear. If you're going to accept the Bible, and again, if you don't accept what the Bible says, I, I can't, that's not my problem. <laughs> but according to the scriptures, the apostles and prophets were foundational. You don't lay the foundation over and over and over and over. You build on it. You build on it. Again, verse 20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus being the cornerstone, right? Uh, verse 5, chapter 3, verse 5, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, but now has been revealed to his holy, to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. Okay. It's past tense. Chapter 4, verse 11. Four eleven, and he gave some as apostles and some as prophets. But again, if you look at chapter two, verse twenty, those were foundational gifts. The church is built upon the teaching of the apostles. That's the point. The church is built upon the teaching of the apostles. We find it in the New Testament. So he gave some apostles and prophets, and then he also gave some evangelists, some as pastors and teachers. Now, there are pastors and teachers and evangelists today, but there are not apostles and prophets. They were not foundational. All right, so how are Bible mysteries revealed? By the Holy Spirit, through the apostles, in the Scriptures. Bible mysteries are revealed in the Bible. In the Bible. Again, chapter 3, verses 4 and 5 are referring to the inspiration of the Bible. When you read the scriptures, you can now understand the mysteries. Because they have been revealed in the scriptures through the apostles and prophets. Keep your hand here. Go to uh, Ephesians, Philippians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1.25. Again, the Apostle's writing, Apostle Paul's writing, Of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed upon me for your benefit so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That is the mystery which has been hidden from past ages and generations but has now been manifested to his saints to whom God willed to make known what is the riches and the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The mystery is Christ is in us. Doesn't matter what race, doesn't matter what culture, doesn't matter what language, Christ is in us, the church one body, one new man, one new creation. Again, last week. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, there's some other mysteries. Yes, but they're not ours to know yet. They're not ours to know yet. We can't know them all. Uh, again, verse 8, um, Ephesians 3, 8. To me, the very least of all the saints was grace given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. They're beyond comprehension. They're as as we saw at the beginning of the sermon, they're unknowable. 
Because God's thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. There are things we don't know. The Bible says the secret things belong to God. But the things that revealed belong to us and our children. So, in conclusion, the church will, eterni- will for eternity be a display of God's wisdom throughout the ages that the angels will continue to marvel at, that God, uh, through the gospel of Jesus Christ, brought people like us into his family. But how do we know that? Well, you have the answer in your hands. All you have to do is read it. Let's pray. My Lord, Christians believe the Bible. <laughs> I, I don't see any other way around it. We, we believe the Bible. Uh, we believe it to be inspired. We believe it to be a revelation. We believe it has been given through uh, holy men of old <coughs> as, they removed, as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, by the Holy Spirit. <coughs> so, Lord, we, we, we believe the Bible. So the only answers that we need to have are found in the Bible. Now, I have all kinds of questions I want answered someday. But the secret things belong to God. The things I need to know are revealed in Scripture. Lord, we are so thankful we we live in a country where the Bible is freely accessible, freely preached, freely taught. Um, One of the most downloaded apps in, in the world is the Bible app. God, we are thankful uh, that we have it. But Lord, I think this embarrassment of riches has made us neglectful. There are people in other countries who would die to have a copy of the Bible. In fact, they do. They risk prison. They risk their families. They risk their jobs just to, just to be able to hear the, the preaching of the Bible or to, to actually own a Bible Lord, I'm ashamed. In my office, I probably have, I probably have 30 Bibles. So, Lord, help us to search the Scriptures because in them we have eternal life. Amen.